welcome everybody to a fantastic return to Kingdom yep. Hearts by Heart, the episode everybody totally expected and or wanted. Woohoo! I am Marshall. I have once again kicked Kevin off the island, and by that I mean it's blank points in between seasons, and we're uh, we're catching up and resting and trying to not to forget the pains, or trying to forget the pains of Kingdom Hearts. Um, something, 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 Castle Oblivion. Anywho, uh, because I've kicked Kevin off the island for today, I have brought uh, my resident JRPG nut to kind of get his take and experience on uh, the franchise known, the insanely indie crossover franchise known as Kingdom Hearts that really does need your support and love. So, ladies and gentlemen, and anything in betwixt, I bring you uh, Destiny Dragon Gino, aka DDG, aka sometimes just Gino, if you're real nice to him and give him cookies. Hi, Gino. I don't really like cookies. I'm more of a macadamia nut guy. Are oh, you allergic to macadamia nuts, though? No. I just don't like them. Okay. <laughs> so, I've, I've stolen Gino uh, for, the, for the time being, for an allotted time uh, that we won't disclose to the public. But yes, uh, I guess for context, I've. Uh, for any active listener, in case it's your first time listening to Kingdom Hearts by Heart, uh, I mention Gino a lot because Gino is the person I scream at when I need help and or advice on anything JRPG related. My uh, initial distinct memory is when you know we were ramping up to start playing Days, you're like, so are you going to do mission mode? And I was like, um, 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 because I know uh, incredible pain that comes with Days mission mode. So, thanks for that. Well, it wasn't mission mode that's really the difficult part. It's more um, challenge mode, since mission mode, you're just going for the entire game again with separate characters. Though, let's be fair, you're just going to be using Dual mm -hmm. Roxas for most of it. You have to wait till the end of the game to basically play mission mode. Literally, the last episode was us complaining about days, so we won't, we won't go down that spiral again. But, um, <laughs> nonetheless. So, before we kind of delve into anything Kingdom Hearts related, it's time for the vaguely... Re vague revival of a once long forgotten segment that we have phased out because Kingdom Hearts requires a lot of talking and that is Game Corner baby so this is your uh, any recommendations, any currently playings, any upcoming releases that tickle your fancy so I'll let you kick that off if there's anything that's uh, on your radar or currently on your plate that you're, you want to talk about to the people? I remember a few years ago, by few I mean like eight or nine years ago, I was doing my own podcast called Arcaders Pub where we did this exact same set segment and that took up like half the podcast, so I'll keep this pretty, pretty brief. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. So I'm current, well to be fair, I'm like juggling between like eight games right now, but I'm only caring about two. Um <laughs> There you go. Okay, so the two games are, um, first off, I'm playing Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero, which is a turn-based RPG developed by Neon Falcom, localized by NS America. If, if you've heard of Trails at all, or East, or anything of that, you probably know this game. And it's been fun. It's been localized for the first time after 15 years, because it first came out in 2008 on the PSP in Japan. Yep, we had talked about this. And yeah. it finally came out in the West. I know that two years ago, a tr fan translation of it came out, and I did play through that, so now I'm doing a New Game Plus version, because the save data was backwards compatible for the localized version. Yes. Which is nice. Now, that was We were talking about that before, and I find that like in incredibly interesting that the company is willing to, or the team at least, is willing to 
like well, honor that. So that was yeah. that, when you mentioned that that was always interesting to me. Well, it's because with it's because the local the original localization is actually just a fan translation mod put into the game by the mm -hmm. localization team for the most part. Okay. So they okay. they made a deal right. with the local with the fan translation team to port both of their translations of Zero and Azure, which is Zero sequel, into the game. Mm -hmm. The only problem, the only reason why it took almost a year or two to get the games into the West after that deal was because NIS America is also working on a million other projects. This is probably their 11th or 12th game release this year, and they're small localizations. They're not that small, maybe like 100 people or so, but localizing games aren't easy, and they're also localizing like three other games in the Trail series. Mm -hmm. And these games have more dialogue than the Witcher, than the Witcher series, so. <laughs> oh boy, that's a real book right there. Yeah, so it's it. They're long games, but I enjoy. But I'm almost done with it, so I'm I'm was working for like the third last dungeon earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was so that's good. The other game I'm playing through is Octopath Traveler: Champions of the Continent, which is the prequel mobile yes. game of Octopath Traveler. Oh, it's a prequel. I, I I know I know it's a gotcha game. I I don't know the, any of the story besides the bits that I've heard from you about uh, Champions of the Continent. Uh, as I went through my games yesterday and opened and I opened up my case of Octopath and I was like, one day, friend, one day, <laughs> one day, I yeah, one day you'll finally find that you'll find that every single game will finally be finished, even though it never will be. Um, never take yeah. it to the grave. But uh, yeah, tell me about. Uh, tell us, not just me, about uh, Champions of the Continent. Tell me why. So, Champions of the Continent, yeah, it is a gacha game. was released in Japan a couple years ago. Um, finally got mm -hmm. localized this past summer. And it's been fun. It's, it, is a, it is a prequel um, to Octopath, but because it, okay. it, even though it is a prequel, they still have all the main characters from the original Octopath in there. But they do mm -hmm. it in a way where it does show like they're in the past. Um, for example, okay. you have um, Hani, who was the hunter in Octopath Traveler, and she, and in that game, she's a pretty accomplished hunter. But since it's the past, she's actually just starting out in her as a hunter, as a huntress, and mm -hmm. you get to see her story from there. And because of that, there are some characters that show up on Octopath that also show up in like the story here. And I'm not going to spoil who it is, but when I saw a particular character from Octopath in this game. I was mm -hmm. really mad that he was there. <laughs> oh. Um, I was going to say, like, you screamed with excitement. No, you screamed with no, horror. No, no, I was really mad because the character who showed up is a character I really did not want to see. And he, <laughs> and how he, and him just being there was just a giant pain in the butt. Well, hello there. <laughs> Honestly. So, yeah, that's pretty much the, um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the games I've been playing through. For the most part, as for upcoming releases, well, of course, a couple of weeks we have Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I don't know if you heard of it, Marshall. It's uh, it's it's a, it's probably a small indie franchise that really needs our help, right? No, it's Pokemon. So you know, largest JRPG it's... franchise in the world, second most profitable Nintendo franchise, yep. not including um, not including Super Mario or merchandising. You know that fr that franchise. I don't know. I'm sorry, you haven't heard of it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I've heard about it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't your tag on on Twitter at Pokemarsh? No, what are you talking about? Hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Anywho. So, yeah, um, Scarlet and Violet is uh, just, like, we're recording this early November, so it's 
just under two weeks until uh, Gen 9 is finally in our and within our midst. Excited. Yeah. So that's pretty much the big thing coming out this year. Next year, well, next year I'm gonna die because next year is like it's gonna be like last year where a million RPGs came out, and now this year <laughs> because last year we had like Persona 5 Strikers, Bravely Default 2, Monster to Rise, Shining Light mm -hmm. Nocturne, Shining Light 5, um, Neo World and a few. This year didn't we had a bunch of RPGs, but not as many I care about. But next year, we have yep. Octopath Traveler 2, Fire Emblem Engage, three more Trails games. Um, because <laughs> they're all... Um, so, it's a lot. Oh, Final Fantasy 16, Final Fantasy 17 Birth. Um, yep. So. I, I, as you're talking, I looked up the release date of, <laughs> of Rebirth, and I'm like, hey, it's still winter 2020, next winter, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah Crisis Core comes Course, out yeah, this Fox year. Reunion coming out soon too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's all been fun. God, it's not like we haven't been swamped with games up until so far. Now that'd be that'd be crazy, right? No, no. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Never mind the fact that I have like <laughs> six or seven hundred hour RPGs on my backlog. I want to knock out next year. But I digress. So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. What have you been up to, Marshall? Alright, well, it's, it'll be a little redundant to you, because we've talked about this, like, the past few days and weeks, but, uh, I am finally, this might have been, like, a Game Corner thing from, like, back when we did Game Corner, so, like, up until, like, kind of Chain of Memories and maybe a little bit going into KH2, but I have finally, finally, finally completed 7 Remake Hard Mode, I have Platinum the game, I have done everything, until I boot up my PS5 and I purchased Final Fantasy VII Intermission, a.k.a. Yuffie's Adventures Through Midgar, uh, TM. But so far, I have Platinumed Seven Remake. And I, I'm back on the PS3 for a little bit. I was kind of a, like a trophy hunter, like teenager. Like I really wanted to get all the trophies in a lot of games, but I never really got close to a Platinum. I think my first Platinum was one of the sly cooper hd collection games perhaps but um uh as you know i love final fantasy 7 a lot so after playing through original 7 or not original playing through 7 remakes original story kind of seeing what was possible and seeing what i had to do i really wanted to do hard mode but uh as you understand other games keep coming out and pulling me away from 7 remake hard mode but as of two weeks ago i finally put the nail in the coffin that is in 7 Remake. Still love it. Uh, still also hate it. <laughs> uh, playing Chapter 9, which is the wall market section, which, uh, for anybody not super familiar, uh, about 10 plus times did break me a little bit. But uh, uh, I still enjoyed. I still enjoy 7 Remake, definitely. Uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future. I have a lot of anxiety over what the hell's going to happen to Zack Spare because he's a precious boy we need to protect. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I I do like Remake. Remake definitely has its flaws. It uh, I, I probably voiced this originally back in the day, but it has a little Final Hallway 13 baked into it, so that was always... kind of made me very hesitant and a lot of resistance at first, but uh, uh, nonetheless, I still do like Remake, so... Yeah, so I think I clocked in maybe total 120, 130 hours to get this platinum. So it's been a while. So you see, 
you said put 230 hours in this game? 130. Oh, 130. okay. You scared me for a second. I'm like, oh, I only have like 75 hours in this game. I'm going to 13 myself. You know, I haven't slept in three months. Seven Rework won't let me sleep. I got to play the game. <laughs> uh, no, I've definitely put in a lot. Probably good mind you, probably about... From here on. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, definitely like about, I would say, 15 hours. Maybe not 15 hours. Maybe like 10-ish hours or me just having the PlayStation on but not actually playing the game. But nonetheless, a hundred plus hours have gone into this uh this uh this game. So I'm happy. Um I bought a PS5 a while ago and told myself I want to finish all the games that I'm currently playing on four. Just as as like a I don't need this now, kind of a putting a carrot before the, <laughs> the carrot before the horse that is me putting a carrot in front of me. But nonetheless, uh this is my treat for myself. Uh, but yeah, I can install that and finally get uh, all the goodies that come with the PS5. So, remake is in the books, and I, very quickly we kind of uh, we had a conversation about this uh, pretty recently. But uh, seeing as Scarlet and Violet is about to come out, I want to go back and finish uh, Legends Arceus. I've completed all the main story missions, but I'm just missing the last two Pokemon. So I'm missing Spiritomb, which you get for doing the Collectathon mission for Legends Arceus. And then once you get all the Pokemon that are in Arceus, you get to catch Arceus itself. So I'll consider the game super duper, like, similar to how I wanted to finish, finish, remake. That's what I'll consider Legends Arceus as truly finished. Um, I think I've done most of these side missions. I haven't done the, I forget what it's called, but basically like the battle tower and like the battle challenges in uh, back in Jubilife. But um, I'll probably mess around with them a little bit if I have time before Scarlet and Violet, but well, we'll see about that. And, and yes, the other game I am currently playing is <sighs> Gotham Knights. Uh, speaking of a real love-hate relationship, uh, yeah. Got a real love-hate relationship with Gotham Knights right now. So the, the game is all right. It's I would call I would give it right now, I'm about 20 hours into the game, maybe 15-ish, but I would give it a six and a half a seven on a good day once you play the game and you level up so to because it ties very well into kingdom hearts it is an action rpg batman game you can play co-op with at least one other person uh there is a four-player version but i think it's all just fighting missions essentially and they said they're going to update the game with some more content later down the line so fingers crossed but, uh, yeah, it's done by the same team that did Arkham Origins, which I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, so I'll keep it short, is my least favorite Arkham game. It's the only one not done, well, it's the only console version not done by Rocksteady Studios. Rocksteady. Uh, I, say that, I say that as someone who bought, uh, I forget the name of it, it's on the Vita, I think it's Batman Arkham Blackgate. There's one handheld installment. And I bought it, and it's kind of a Metroidvania, and it's also not a great game. I I don't remember if it was a Vita exclusive now. I want to say no, but I don't know, so I gotta look it up. <laughs> uh, the Vita, with such other magnificent games as Uncharted Golden Abyss and... Well, that's pretty much it. That's, that, that's it. That's the tweet. Uh, okay, I have pulled up Holy crap, this game came out on a lot of platforms. Okay, so I definitely had Arkham Origins Blackgate on Vita. Also, what team did it? Armature Studios. I've never heard of this team before. Cool. 
Um, okay, it came out on 3DS, Vita, PS3, Wii U, PC, and 360. Okay, so it was a standard release, but it was done by a completely different team, and it's a very mediocre Metroidvania from two generations ago, so don't buy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like Gotham Knights when it came out was a little divisive. Some people praised it, some people thought it was uh, uh, big booty butt cheeks. I'm definitely somewhere in the middle. I, at this point in the game, I'm level 20 out of 30 you can get in the in the main story. Once you do a game plus, you can go beyond level 30. But for there's some game design things. There's, there, there's more than a few game design choices that feel very awkward, to say the least. So getting through those was tough. It's... It's a little bit the equivalent of getting somebody to try Final Fantasy XIV, which is to say, hey, the game's fun after the first, like, 10 to 20 hours, guys. But after that, it's a, it's a total blast. So uh, I'm getting flashbacks to that. But, uh, but yeah, Gotham Knights. Uh, I'm getting, I think I'm halfway through the story at this point. So things are starting to heat up, and I'm getting a lot of intrigue now. But it was... I was raising an eyebrow at the first 10 hours of the game, but it's it's definitely been enjoyable so far. So that's about it. And you kind of covered everything I was going to kind of uh, touch on in the upcoming releases. So as I mentioned, we must protect Zach Fair. He's incredibly precious. And his story is going to be up-resed in a higher resolution with Crisis Core Reunion, baby. So nonetheless, I'm obviously very excited for Crisis Core. As someone who's play only played the first 10 hours of Final Fantasy Crisis Core. <laughs> At least I've actually beaten Crisis Core. You haven't even, beat, you haven't even done that. Correct. No, well, no. I never owned a Vita, so I never I never got the chance. And then, so I put it on PSP. Um, that, pff, crap. Well, I did not Marshall, own a PSP. And I, you guys hear it here what? first, folks. Marshall, a dedicated Final Fantasy VII fan, didn't realize that Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII was a PSP game, not a Vita game. Shun him. Shut up. Over the course, if I have not disproven myself as not the most hardcore Final Fantasy fan over the almost two years this podcast has been running, people people know I'm a sham at this point. There's there's no hiding it. It's right here. Look at it. Look at it. Uh, but yeah, I I watched very similar to Birth by Sleep. I like only played Birth by Sleep when the 2.5 remix came out. But in high school, I watched you know it's one of those YouTube videos that just all the cutscenes edited together. Um, I feel like I watch, I'll say watch in air quotes, uh, Crisis Core like a few times because I really wanted to play it and could never get my hands on it. Like some of my friends had a PSP at the time, and like maybe one had Crisis Core. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a huge hit in my hometown, uh, and same thing for BBS really. So two games I never got a hold on until I was an adult. So I got as you know I got uh, my PSP. Now, from a, a mutual friend of ours who moved out of state. So, I have that, and I started to play a little bit, and then, obviously, hey, more games came out, and then they they re, they, they said they're going to remake Crisis Score. Uh, so, well, uh, don't need to go back to the PSP version, for better and for worse. But, yes, I'm excited for... I'm a, in case you could tell, I'm a big Zack Fair fan. What can I say? Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I really like Zack, so... I'm excited to see uh, what they'll do with uh, Reunion, knowing that we're probably going to lean more into the remake story, so I'm curious how uh, 
uh, how faithful uh, reunion's going to be to the original and what may or may not kind of get added on as a course of the, the remake trilogy being or trilogy remake series of games being a thing so uh, i've definitely voiced my anxiety and i love zach fair and i don't know what's going to happen to him in remake and it makes me it, it keeps me up at night what can i say <laughs> that's fair i just want to i just want to protect him that's all it's just a simple request <laughs> nonetheless those are things that we kind of like and hope are good so I, I realized that we I talked about these things saying, hey, I need to beat this before Pokemon comes out. And then it's it's still settling that Pokemon comes out in less than two weeks. So I just had that existential crisis right then and there. So, luckily I But nonetheless, we can... Uh, uh, feel free to spiel. I'm actually still having a, cr- a cri- identity crisis right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, identity crisis core. You can kind of well, you can you can kind of you can, you can kind of hear me clapping. The mic is a thousand percent hearing me big clap. Uh, I, I thought you were banging your head against the desk. A little bit of both. Let's be real. A bit of both. <laughs> yeah. God, but uh, for the namesake of this show, uh, why don't we kind of uh, move things into more Kingdom Hearts territory? So obviously, if you, in case you're new to the show, uh, we have played through. At this point, we've played through Kingdom Hearts 1 Final Mix. We've played through RE Chain of Memories. We've played through 2 Final Mix Plus. And a few weeks ago, we put a wrap on Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2. So, in the new year, we'll be digging our uh, teeth into Birth by Sleep and all the the odds and ends that come with BBS. But I kind of figured that I have played the first four Kingdom Hearts games in recent memory. Do you know, do you have anything you'd like to say about the first four Kingdom Hearts games that you may or may not know from recent memory? Um, well, it, it has been a while since I played for Kingdom Hearts 1 and Chain of Memories, at least. Um, mm-hmm. I have replayed through all the games over the last five or six years, so they're not, like, completely void of my memory. The yep. Kingdom Hearts 1 is was one of the first action RPGs I've ever played. So when I was younger, seeing all seeing like this commercial, all these Disney characters coming together, in like with a cool gameplay, really established like this identity of a cool of a new game for me. So I tried my best to get this mm-hmm. game, and I grabbed it, and it was so much fun, and I enjoyed it, and I never finished it until six years ago, because <laughs> back because back when I beat because I because before I grabbed Kingdom Hearts 1, but I never beat it when I was younger. Um, yep. I only beat it um, maybe like seven or eight years ago when I fought, when I grabbed the Final Mix version. Wow. So, because I remember back in 2007, I sold my copy of Kingdom Hearts 1, as well as a couple other games, to um, GameStop, something I regret to this day, in order to buy... How... how... <laughs> yeah, no, I traded in those games to GameStop, and, I, and the game I grabbed from it was something was a game I'll always treasure in and of itself. It's what game just, could that be? It was, it was Sonic and the Secret Rings. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's quite that's quite that's quite the trade in there, Buckaroo. Yeah, don't tell, don't give me wrong don't give me start on that irony. Um so about eight years ago I started I got Kingdom Hearts one final mix on PS three and I replayed it. Um and nice. I played it and 
it was fun. My favorite part about Kingdom Hearts 1 compared to the other Kingdom Hearts games is that there's a higher focus on exploration. And yep. Something we, we haven't really seen since too much. No, we haven't. And, We've, and there's also a bit yeah. of a focus on 3D platforming to a degree. Because mm. a lot more modern Kingdom Hearts games follow Kingdom Hearts 2's formula, where they turn, we went from more exploration and platforming aspects to just just pure hack and slash. So mm-hmm. because of that, the hack and slash moments while still existing Kingdom Hearts 1, was just one part of a giant hole. Yeah. So because of that, Kingdom Hearts 1 just, in itself, ha- is a, isn't is as much a time capsule as people think it is, especially if Final Mix adding in um, the unknown boss, which is <coughs> Semnus. <laughs> Better camera controls. <sighs> the freaking mushrooms that give you the materials. Every Kingdom Hearts game has an annoying yep. factor to it. I'll the Kingdom Hearts Fall mixes is the is synthesis, as Marshall will test, too. Because oh, yeah. oh, yep. I know when you were replaying for Kingdom Hearts one a couple years ago, I kept bitching to you about the <laughs> uh, about the <laughs> synthesis, and you're and you're like, yeah, because um, I still yeah, I still remember doing I, it. I really didn't like doing it. Um, yeah, that was that was a big. Uh, that, <sighs> I love most of the final mix stuff. Some of the heartless colorations I don't really like, but. The synthesis was the big uh, uh, kick in the groin for me. Yeah, it just uh, it was a kick in the Kevin and I refer to them as the uber u- uber heartless. I forget. I think they're slowly classified as special heartless within the game. But yeah, mm-hmm. like the the Giga Shadow, the Neo Shadows, uh, the like the Black Rock, like etc. etc. They, I think there could have been a better implementation, and I'm, that's that's all I'll say about that because I'm going to spiral at that point. But. Um, the concept was uh, with a lot of things like the concept was good the execution eh so yeah I kind of understand what they were trying to go for though so trying to make them, it Kingdom feel like getting to Ultima and getting to the new accessories and things you could synthesize like more of a journey but it was kind of more of a headache than anything else exactly my own personal thing with Kingdom Hearts 1 though is that it is my personal third favorite Kingdom Hearts game I enjoy it for what mm. it was. Hall Bastion stole one of my favorite worlds in the entirety of it. The entire events there, Ansem as a final boss is yep. fantastic. The rivalry of Riku, Sora, um, just mm. seeing how. Um, while nowadays we have the, whenever we go to Disney World, the organization members are just the ones popping up everywhere. Back then it was the actual Disney villains, so that was much more fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, yep. it, it, it's something, and it's why Kingdom Hearts One to this day is still one of the a classic action RPG, but still one of the better ones out there. <coughs> mm, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, you're, like, I shouldn't say you're preaching to the choir. You're preaching to, you're staring into the church and yelling at it, because Kevin is the, I mean, it's the reason that this podcast exists. He's like, I want to yell about Kingdom Hearts 1. The other ones? Maybe. Who gives a, who gives a crap? At least one. So, that's where a lot of the initial enthusiasm for the show uh, kind of came from his, his cage one. It's obviously his favorite. It's definitely one of yeah. my favorites. Um, I kind of reserving. I, I might put together like a list as we play them, but I when I went to the show initially, I did tell myself I'll wait till the end. But if I'm being realistic, we're two we're two years and four games in. So how much am I really going to remember all the games in like another two three years time? But cage one is still one of the uh, me, more me, standout I will, entries. You probably not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Because I guess this is my life now. And don't worry, when I when I when I get to your age, I'll probably have some memory issues too. Yep, always. Yeah, but yeah, catch one is good. What what more can we say? <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, let's talk about one of the three black sheep of the Kingdom Hearts series, um, which would be Chain of Memories. <laughs> Chain of Memories is one of the games that a lot of people have very controversial opinions on. While a lot of people like mm -hmm. the story of it, they don't like the gameplay because it's so different from all the other Kingdom Hearts games. Because it's a more card-based system comparably to the normal hack and slash we get even in more experimental games like Recoded. Yep. Mm -hmm. So because that, a lot of people dislike it because it's so different comparably. My experience with Chain of Memories, I got Chain of Memories. To, to this day, the original Chain of Memories is one of the few Kingdom Hearts games I never finished. Only because I, I, I think the farthest I got in that was either Larkseen, the second. No, I beat the second battle Lark and Larkseen. It, it was a Data Riku battle I never got past. Mm -hmm. Probably the third one. Um, no, that means I didn't fight second Larkseen. Okay, so never mind. I did. I did. I think I got to second. I got to a uh, third. I got the like third or fourth Riku battle, Riku Rupka battle. Okay. Um, back then, and I just couldn't get past it because it was pretty hard, and I just couldn't get the mechanics. I yep. did beat Rechain of Memories about seven years ago when I was in college for okay. the first time, and that took a lot more effort than I care to admit. I did beat it on Proud Mode, but my overall Ooh. final playtime for both Soars and Riku's stories was 80 hours. Because I Ooh, just over. That's, that's a, yeah. It's a lot of Chain of Memories, my dude. <laughs> I just. Yeah, because I just overgrinded. My Sora was like level 86 by the time I beat Marluxia, and my Riku's like around level 60 when I beat Ansem. Mm -hmm. So, like, in Sora, you're like, wait, you're level 86 Sora? How did you have so much trouble? The answer is Axel, because that second Axel fight is really, is actually pretty hard. Um, which is funny, because mm -hmm. the Marluxia fights afterwards were actually kind of easy, <laughs> comparably. Yep. Um, and then Riku is just easier, just an easier story in general because everything's much more streamlined comparably to Sora's, which is why people like. Oh uh, yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, everyone prefers Riku's <laughs> story because it's more. It's you don't have to worry about building your deck. You don't, as you know, as you know from us playing Magic, I'm not that good at building decks, so <laughs> so I don't. Shots fired at himself. <laughs> yeah, so it, it didn't help when I went back to playing through those decks. Um. Yeah. So uh, it didn't help that when I had an entire game with card building mechanics as part of the major consideration for it, it didn't work well with me. So, mm -hmm. but even despite that, Chain of Memories is still one of my. Chain of Memories is still one of the. It's a. It's a middle. Choosing his words carefully. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, well, it's it's. I know we're. I know we're a Kingdom Hearts. I know this is a Kingdom Hearts podcast, but let's be fair. Most people aren't. Most people can probably say that they aren't the biggest fan of Kingdom Hearts, of Chain of Memories. <gasps> I say of yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Like That's them. totally valid. Well, yeah. At the very least, Chain of Memories is probably my seventh favorite Kingdom Hearts game. So, there is two I dislike more than it. Excluding the mobile mm -hmm. games. I won't get to the mobile games part of this. Um, I was about to say, I was like, we have like 13, we have like, like 12 games. So, I guess not including yeah, what, uh... The Dark Road and Union. Just <laughs> uh, wait until we, yeah, later we, have when we talk about more mobile games. We have we have twelve um, Kingdom Hearts games. Mm -hmm. We count the mobile games, Melody of Memory. 
So, yeah, that's my two cents on Chain of Memories. Okay. Next up is... Chain of Memories is definitely a game. Yeah. Next <laughs> up is Kingdom Hearts 2, which is my personal favorite Kingdom Hearts game. My favorite game of all time. Yes! And one of the best mm. action RPGs ever created. When you think of mm -hmm. action RPGs, your first mindset is probably Soulsborne, or Witcher 3, or Final Fantasy VII Remake, or if you're a weeb like me, East Tales of Muso, and actually it's mostly just those, those three. Uh, <laughs> ne and, okay, and got Nier, Yakuza, Modern Final Fantasy, mm -hmm. blah blah blah, yada yada yada. Um... <laughs> But Kingdom Hearts 2, 2, oh, Star Ocean Valkyrie, Valkyrie Profile, Fancy Star, okay, I'm done. Um, okay. Monster Hunter, how did I forget Monster Hunter? Okay. Um, and that's because Tokiden God Eater. Um, okay, now I'm done. I can't forget anymore. Kingdom Hearts 2, I still consider to be one of the highest echelons of that genre. Because mm -hmm. it combines, well, I know a lot. some people dislike some of the story aspects, because I know there are some retcons here and there, like Ansem and Zemis yep. being Xehanort's and Heartless Nobody, Ansem not being the main bad guy, Ansem, um, Ansem the Wise not being the main villain like everyone thought he was. I know there are some things that mm -hmm. people dislike, but the rest of the game as a whole is the complete package when it comes to Kingdom Hearts. It has the best overall gameplay, and I know some people are like yelling at me, what about Kingdom Hearts 3? Kingdom Hearts 3 is super... Let me put it this way, it's the most balanced um, Kingdom Hearts gameplay comparably. Maybe 1 is a little bit more balanced, because there isn't as much stuff to it, but Kingdom Hearts 3 has mm -hmm. links, which are insanely broken. Um, yep. And, well, and yes, I know like Brooke, people can just say Genie, but even without Genie, it's still Okay, I, yeah, I hear people saying genie training limit. Let's not worry about that. Um, <laughs> it it's still the what I consider to be one of the best games, just because not just from gameplay. You have all these worlds which you <clears> visit <throat> twice. They're more fleshed out than just what you can see from the movie recaps. You have you have these same boss fights with organization members. Powerful, mm -hmm. heartless, like the like the ground stomp, like the ground stomper. That's not its name. Um, <laughs> the freaking it was. Uh, you're talking about the final boss from Pridelands um, Part Two. Uh, um, Pridelands, uh, Earthshaker. Yeah, Earthshaker, thank you. Yeah. Um, you got the many good mini games. You have all. You have the Prologue of Roxas, which I know not many people like, but it it's still an enjoyable. It, I still consider it enjoyable. Um. The synthesis was as much of a pain but as Kingdom Hearts 1 Final Mix. And then, of course, we have Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, which adds in a actual post-game area to the game with the Cave of Remembrance. You have all the data fights, the Battle mm -hmm. Against Lingering Will, which to this day is one of the best final, which is one of the best boss fights in Kingdom Hearts. Yozra can eat my heart. Mm -hmm. um, can eat his heart out. <laughs> um, Lingering Will is still king of the super bosses, even if he is, even if Yozra is harder. Um, and then, my favorite part about all this is I just love the character moments in Kingdom Hearts 2. I love... I know that Riku goes for like two or three redemption cycles like character 
cycles throughout the entire game. And Kingdom Hearts 2 yeah. is like the culmination of one of them, or sec of the second one, I guess. But mm. it, yeah. it, it's not just Riku that goes through it. Sora goes through his own issues, trying to decide whether he wants to be a Keyblade, deciding if he wants to go for a Keyblade, be a true Keyblade wielder. Um, Roxas is going through his own eternal struggles throughout the prologue. Riku's trying to come, yep. is kind of come up for himself. Don and Goofy are still fantastic as always. Um, the actual character moments between the Disney characters are fantastic. It, it mm -hmm. the char Whenever I see a game, I know like the overall story points can be difficult to, can like an overarching story can be pretty hard to follow or pretty hard or just dumb in a lot of places. But Kingdom Hearts is dumb. I can't really deny that. Um, in terms of something, <laughs> it's, like, it's Disney. Yeah. Like you can't really like. There's a lot of stuff with Disney that are dumb. Um, for every mark, for every good, like for example, look at the MCU. Very, very Shang Chi and Spider Man No Way Home. We get a Eternals and and for Love and Thunder. So it's yep. and just like your Kingdom Hearts, every Kingdom Hearts two and Kingdom Hearts three, we get Kingdom Hearts Recode and Chain of Memories. So mm -hmm. pretty much that thing. The other thing I do love about Kingdom Hearts two as well is the addition of critical mode, because while yep. a lot of Kingdom Hearts games aren't easy, they they do, they aren't, like, they require a nice pizzazz to it. And I feel like Critical Mode was an excellent yep. challenge that was much more balanced compared to, like, Kingdom Hearts 1's, original KH1's expert mode. Mm -hmm. And def and I hope that they, I hope from now on they actually put Critical Mode in modern Kingdom Hearts games, like, they, because with 3, that was sorely lacking um, when I played Kingdom Hearts mm -hmm. originally, and I beat Prod Mode, and it was easy, and then Critical Mode came out, I was like, oh, finally. But yeah, that's, there's a bit more I can say about Kingdom Hearts 2, a lot of things Marshall and Kevin have said their own two-piece on throughout the podcast, but the only other thing I do want to mention that it is my personal favorite game of all time. I've beaten it six times, and I would beat it again if I didn't have 150,000 other games in my backlog I need to finish. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, we've definitely... Um, we've, we've obviously, with you, myself, Kevin, uh, Nick, who was our, our first like uh, Blank Points... Uh, guest one of my other friends it, we potentially can say kingdom hearts 2 is is good if not one of the best if not the actual best kingdom hearts games it's still i mean we're four like, we're four games in so two good games two a games two is still leading the leading the pack pretty strong in my opinion so i'm curious to see if revisiting anything else will tip the scales in any way but currently right now they yeah won't. two is still uh, the game I love, and you saw me go through the pain of doing Final Mix Plus for the first time and trying to. Oh yeah, do all I forgot. The fights, I, try to be I, a lingering I, will. I mentioned frustrating <laughs> parts in Kingdom Hearts games. Recoded, Rechain of Memories was just the card system. Um, KH two was organized. Was the Mushroom Thirteen? That was my bane back when I was playing for Kingdom Hearts. Never mind the data fights. Never mind lingering will. Oh, the lingering will. <laughs> I only beat lingering will <laughs> critical mode with by by using Donald's limit by just spamming Don's limit. Um, yeah. I Mushroom Thirteen is is a bane, and I hate it. And I hate the fact that you were able to beat them much easier than I did back when I was younger. Because remember, you had a much easier time when you were going for a Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I think Flashbacks too. I forget which one it is, but it's the one in front of Yensit's castle. That's probably the one that gave me the most oh, amount of stress. Yeah, everything else one. was everything else was mid to eh. My so my my grievance with that was that I chose shield for my for 
I'm a shield main, what can I say? But I chose, I chose shield uh, for one and two. So my, uh, not my growth, my ability tree was dictated by that. And so Berserk Charge is used a lot for these mushroom fights of just casting Cure and then the ability to not have a combo ender to string combos indefinitely. I really needed the innate ability of that, not just the one that comes on Fatal Crest, which is one of the uh, Hades Cup Keyblades. So it, for me, it was just kind of getting up to level. I think I max level just for the heck of it, but I had to get to like 86, 89 to get that ability to make Mushroom 13 doable. So, yep. uh, yeah, that's, again, speaking of grievances, that's probably where most of my grievance with uh, the game came from. Uh, it was my first time, obviously this time, it was my, this is my first time doing the data fights, so those were obviously uh, interesting. Uh, seeing who became real easy and who became uh, a tough son of a bitch was uh, very interesting. And then, uh, yeah, Lingering Will uh, will still make me scream uh, pretty frequently nowadays, too. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so last but not least, we have three of days over two. Um, yes. This game is my sixth favorite Kingdom Hearts game. Mm. So it would be above Chain of Memories, but still below everything else besides Coded, which is my eighth. Um, <laughs> <coughs> my biggest issue with 358 Days Over 2 is the gameplay, which weirdly is usually supposed to be the, the, like, the best part of a Kingdom Hearts game. But with 358 yep. Days Over 2, with the DS's system... I guess they didn't really have they didn't really have the scope they needed in order to like really push the DS to what they wanted to. Because of that, it felt mm -hmm. very straight lined, even by Kingdom Hearts perspectives. It was just a watered down version of Kingdom Hearts One's gameplay. Mm -hmm. Um, using just the same combo, using just the same. Um, while the Keyblades in themselves definitely added different versions you were pretty much mostly using the one that just act like the kingdom key because that one just did the most damage and it was just the easiest to use comparably probably and while that one was good it eventually came to the point where you're just then once you get better magic you're just spamming magic and or your magic's becoming absolutely useless depending on the scenario Exactly. So, and then, like, that's for, like, your mid-game and your late-game, your physical attacks just become so strong, you don't use magic anymore. So, mm -hmm. like, for example, if you actually decide to grind the entirety of mission mode, just to get ultimate weapon. Um, and then combining that the Omega Key. And then using that to get mm -hmm. the challenge mode, which is this versions of the frustrating pain the butt stuff. Because challenge mode adds additional challenges to the missions, and they are absolutely yep. frustrating in BS. And I've done them all. I've done them all in proud <laughs> mode. And that game also took me 80 hours to do everything. And yep, I, will never, understandable. I will never do it again because it was... <laughs> there There are some things I've I've done a lot of frustrating things. I've done the freaking Planetarium. I've done the freaking Dreamitarium and Tack to the Power of G Staff of Dreams. Um, I've done yep. <laughs> I've done Mushroom 13. I've done the Synthesis in Kingdom Hearts 1. I've 100% I've did multiple Kirby games. I've mm -hmm. I've been I've done a bunch of annoying things in my life and I will and that isn't there and because of that I realized for out of doubt for out of shadow of doubt I will never do any of those things again no matter <laughs> if someone pays me to do so I will never do that I will never do them again 
The only thing, I, the only okay. like annoying, tedious thing I've done twice is maybe Pokestar Studios and Pokemon Black Two, because oh god, that, let's not let's not go there. That, Even that gives me. I never did. I mean, despite being a literal Pokemon professor, I didn't do anything Pokestar Studio besides what the game forces you to do. I was not. A, I I did like the concept. Was not a fan of it though. In actuality, I got every ending and then I lost my data, so I had to redo it again. Mm. So that was that hurts from here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was frustrating. Um. Weirdly enough, my favorite part about Three of Eight Days is actually its story, because while its story is mm -hmm. more tailored to Kingdom Hearts fans, it's a generally touching story at places. Seeing the relationship between Axel, Roxas, and Cheon. Roxas is my second yes. favorite Kingdom Hearts character after Riku. And mm -hmm. seeing Same. and seeing his and seeing Rox's own development throughout the game, seeing his anger bottle up, seeing his relationship with Axel, his relationship with Shion, how they develop throughout the game, and how it, we all know from Kingdom Hearts Two how it's going to end. We still feel for these characters because yep. we like the moments. Now I will admit it is like it is hokey at times. It is, it isn't like complete. It is like oh you can just believe these are like just best of friends it oh. kind of forced <laughs> your throat a lot about like how these are just yeah. suddenly best friends which i get and but it, on the other hand i don't really care either because i still because rox and axel mm -hmm. like mostly it's just Xion. rox and axel at the very least had the time in kingdom hearts 2 and 3 of 8 to develop as close friends she and Rox yep. and Shion also had the time to develop as close friends. It's just as a trio mm -hmm. that they kind of get looser as it, especially between Rox and Shion, Axel and Shion, which they have their moments here and there, but it's mostly Rox with the other two, and those relationships are believable and are set up mm -hmm. with Axel showing as a big yes. brother mentor towards uh, down towards Roxas, and Roxas being something similar to Shion eventually she on becoming her own self and that connection is much much more believable you know definitely until there's we, a in, until yeah. roxas says who else am i gonna have ice cream with and then the memes to become then the memes begin and then just goes <laughs> from there. god yeah going through days recently uh, i echo like everything you said there's there's something we said about the relationship between the three characters but then there's some off weird beaten moments that just throw a lot of things for a loop um when we finished days i did watch the uh, hd cutscenes from 1.5 and they they tried to fill in the gaps i think the delivery is better because it's not just talking heads it's render cutscenes with with voice work so it's much more believable in that aspect but but as much as we will we'll rag on all the weird dumb moments in between there's a there's a genuine connection so it's a. Uh, it's uh, it's hard. It's again, like you said, knowing where the characters go, it uh, it does make it hard in some degree. Uh, we'll forever riff on our Axel and Shion actually friends, but uh, in the long run, the the story has the impact that it wants you to have. No matter how many times Zemnis gets in the way for absolutely no reason and does a thing, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the movie, there is one thing that they did cut out which annoys me. And that was the battle mm -hmm. between Axel, between Roxas and Syax. Because while Xemnas is, while you mentioned like Xemnas getting in the way, it's mostly Syax kind of being the absolute dickbag to um, Shion and Rioxis throughout the entire game. 
because he's the person you talk to in yes. your missions. He's the person who like tells you who gets in your way. He's the one you have to hide from and have to and have to um, try and um, trick in order to get in order to conceal information yep. from him. He's the person you're trying to avoid. And at the very end of the game, we finally get to fight him, and it's cathartic. Cause, and then we see, like, in his, like, diary afterwards, is he just couldn't believe how Roxas was actually able to beat him. Um, yep. And that, that by itself is a fantastic scene, but it was completely cut from the movie. We still, because when, Ro- yeah. when Roxas leaves, Roxas leaves, and it just goes straight to that scene that we've seen a hundred times in Kingdom Hearts 2, where, Ro- where Axel's like, you can't portray the organization. And Axel's like, cool. Rock's like, cool, miss me. And Axel's like, I will. And then... That's not true! I would. My, my other problem with 358 is it has some of the worst boss fights in the entire series. Like, I know Kingdom Hearts 2 is like Jafar. I like it's like Jafar. <laughs> <Kingdom, laughs> Kingdom Hearts 1 is the Phantom. Yeah. Um, Chain mm-hmm. of Memories has Captain Hook. Um, but 358 has so many bad bosses. Leech Grave, you have Master of the Sky, you have the Dust Flyer. Um, yep. Riku, despite the build-up, is not a great final boss. Yeah, Riku, is, Riku feels like an epilogue boss. He's an epilogue. Shion is the true final boss, and she's... A thousand percent. Yeah, and she's actually a decent fight. Like she, her, Some of her phases can be a little annoying, but in the long yep. scheme of things, she is still the best fight in the game. Um, a thousand percent. Yeah, for every, for every good boss fight in Chain of Memories, there's one or two horrible boss fights. So, tis how the dice unfortunately have to roll in. So, one of the things uh, I wanted to say this earlier when you were kind of going through your perspective of days is it feels like a game that was really hammered down in like in development. Like we know what direction we really really want to go with, but it's. <laughs> And this, this is not, like, an actual quote. This, there's no research behind this. But it feels like a game that had no QA testing. Like, we know we know gamers are going to love this. Gamers play it. I don't like it. And they're like, well, who would have thunk? Like, again, like, Days is fun. Days is just incredibly repetitive. Having to do mission mode, challenge mode, oh, several times over. There's no additional content. It's just One going through the I- same content again. Yeah, the one that good days those of mission mode you can play as the other organization members and they do have unique movesets. That was totally fun. Yeah, um, I played a little bit of multiplayer back in the day when it came out. So yeah, and that, I got that a little bit of fun. a nugget of experience. Unless, unless you, but of course, with the militia playing Zemnis and he has like that, he uses a, a keyblade that just gives him his really weird weapons that I don't like. You have to give him like the Omega set. So <laughs> you have to give him the Omega set so he actually has his like dual sabers. Then he's actually good. Then he's actually easy to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, or and of course you have dual wield Roxas who's super strong in the final mission before Riku, but then you use him in mission mode, he's weak as hell. Um, yeah, which still disappoints me. <laughs> yeah, that's my two cents about that. And quickly, just talking about my, my just my the nine games I do have ranked for Kingdom Hearts, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, nine is zero point two. Eight is recoded. 7 is Chain of Memories, 6 is 3 by 8, 5 is Dream Drop Distance, mm-hmm. 4 is Cage 3, yep. 3 is Kingdom Hearts 1, 2 is Birth by Sleep, and 1 is Cage 2. Mmm, BBS is pretty high up there. Yeah, because even though I know BBS is a Star Wars prequel, I still enjoy it better than... <laughs> I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it 
like I enjoyed I still enjoy it at, for what it is being at like a very well um, put together game as a whole because it has a lot of features Kingdom Hearts 1 Kingdom Hearts 2 only difference is it's a Star mm. Wars prequel but to be fair my favorite Star Wars <laughs> prequel exactly. to be fair my favorite Star Wars prequel is Attack of the Clones so you know people can, okay. people, can, people, people can, can now people can hate me more than they already the writing's on the wall, ladies and gents, and everybody in betwixt. But, uh, but yeah, no, it'll be very interesting to go back to BBS. So I only played, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll touch on this before we, we move on, but yeah, for, for Birth by Sleep, I mean, it kind of ties into our next episode once we come back in the new year, we'll be starting BBS. But I only actually went through Birth by Sleep probably 2016, I think, is when I finally got my hands on 2.5. I'm checking the release of 2.5 because I, I don't think I initially got it when on it PS4? first came out. Uh, on yeah, PS3. Right. No, PS3, that was like 2015. That was like 2014. Okay, yep, it, yep, it came out late 2014. So I didn't pick it up until... Uh, about a few years after that. Or I guess I did pick it up, but I didn't get to BBS until a few years down the line. So for BBS, I have done the regular story of all three characters through and through. I didn't do uh, whatever the fourth one is, Secret Story, whatever it's preferred called, where it's Aqua going through the realm of darkness and essentially leading up to KH1. But I've experienced most of what the game has to offer, and I really liked it. So um, I... I don't know. I kind of have like a lot, a lot of vague feeling. I know the game is good, but I'm like, there's still a lot of like, f- like fuzz around it in my head. So, I think mm-hmm. it's uh, out of all the games, uh, one of the two or three that are probably going to be worth revisiting. So, like, I really did want to revisit uh, Days, and I really do. I say this now. Watch me complain a lot later. I did want to revisit Days, Recoded, and BBS. Because I feel like those are the three I have the least experience with. So, a refresher, well, a reminder, bla- I black and sheeps a reintroduction earlier. of pain. <laughs> I mentioned black <laughs> sheeps earlier. Chain of Memories is the first black sheep. Days is the second. The third is recoded. So, yup. Because people say what you want about um, Dream Drop and Birth by Sleep, people actually consider them good games. While the other three, they're hit and miss about whether they are. Pretty much, yeah. I feel like the consensus is... I, cause I feel like I want to say all the handheld games, but that does include BBS, and that does include uh, Dream Drop Distance. They they were they were games that people kind of played here and there. Uh, if you were a diehard cage fan, you probably played all of them. Well, the bonus with those is that they were on better hardware. Exactly. This, there, there's the meme right there. <laughs> so, you had to have three different consoles to play all of the handhelds. You would have needed a DS and or 3DS, I guess, if you want to, uh, if you want to go that route. And it, at least a PSP. And I've definitely told the story of me buying a Vita think I can, like, thinking I could buy every single PSP game and being like, I bought a Vita and I was like, it's cool, it's on sale, maybe I could play Birth by Sleep. The answer is no, I could not play Birth by Sleep. And I cried a little bit. But um, at least for VBS and DDD, they push the story forward in, dire- in actual directions. So by the time, again, not having played BBS when I was growing up as it was coming out, playing DDD, I was, there was such like this, this, uh, this heavy, heavy, heavy Atlean-like weight lifted from my shoulders when I said, oh my god, it's finally a Kingdom Hearts handheld game that pushes the game forward. I was just finally happy to sink my teeth into something that wasn't rehashing 
content from in between previous games. Wait, you, so you did enjoy Recoded? Mm, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I... I'm kidding. We, because, yeah, let's we can avoid Recoded. <laughs> um, oh, you can. I can't though. So. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I it's, already, so it's I funny. Did, I already did my hundred percent play for Recoded, so it's your turn. God. Yeah. Well, it's, so so it's funny. So, in twenty twenty, no, no, it's it sorry, twenty twenty one, we did KH one, great game, followed by Chain of Memories, not so great of a game. We did KH two, fantastic game, followed by Days, a mega game. So uh, the inside joke, and we probably said it on in, in recordings before between Kevin and I. But the recurring joke is that we get to play a really good Kingdom Hearts game, and then one that makes us debate all of our life choices. So, the cycle continues yet again, because it'll be BBS, then it'll be Recoded, at the very least. After that, it might equal out a bit more, because then it goes into 3DS and... You have, you, 3, you have 0.2 is also in there. You have Dream Drop Distance, yeah. and just do the entire theater mode of the mobile game if you want to hate yourself then. Um, and then after that, yeah, yeah, get getting to mobile game content's gonna be, um, it's I, gonna be a chore. Like, so, like so, zero point two is my least favorite Kingdom Hearts game, only for the fact that it's just a core. It's just a, it's just a very difficult tech demo. It's a, it's like, a, it's a very interesting laid out KH three tech demo. I don't hate it. I don't hate any Kingdom Hearts game. I just, it's just yep. it's just a four to five hour tech demo. It's pretty much it. So doesn't really add that much besides finding out how Mickey loses his shirt in Kingdom Hearts one. Oh boy, because one of the things, because of all the things we had to retcon or justify, that's the one that matters, baby. Hey, it's like with Dark World, how, like, why they had pretty much the entire thing was explaining why Xehanort was bald growing older. Oh god. I haven't, we haven't even touched, I personally should say, I haven't touched any of the Dark Road. I was waiting for it all to finally finish, and now, you know, it's at end of service, it's just theater mode, so. That's one of those, I'll touch it when it finally becomes time. Okay. To delve into just, it. Just subscribe to, to Everglow. He's doing his Kingdom Hearts timeline, which is like a very um, well-edited cutscene, plate cutscene, run-throughs of all the Kingdom Hearts games, um, mm -hmm. with full with full mods and rendering and everything. Um, like for example, he modded Kingdom Hearts two to do like a like a Riku versus Shion fight in three very days. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was really well done, so I would recommend. He's redoing it again. After like six years, so I recommend like keeping an eye on that because he's going to go for the mobile. He's going to go for both Dark Road and Kingdom Hearts and um, Chi. So and that's how I caught up before. I feel like no, it must be, it must be a different channel. There's there. It sounded familiar, but I don't think it's that. Because I've one hundred percent mentioned this to you before. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Avril currently has a um, all main story. No cutscene, or sorry, no filters, or sorry, no filters, no, no filler version of uh, of Union Cross. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. So, I don't know. I might. I'll again. We have like probably like a two years to debate how I want to tackle this, but yeah. initially, if the theater mode in Union Cross was better, I would have preferred to. Because my character is still as is. I downloaded it right before end of service happened. So my half Terra, half uh, playing card looking ass avatar exists. 
So I was like, ah, oh, I want to go through, or, you know, go through, just play theater mode as my character, but it requires doing it on my phone without the ability to scrub back and forth. So for research purposes, it'll probably True. make me want to drown myself a little bit. But that's, uh, it can't hurt me right now. Moving on to, uh, to other topics. Speaking of mobile games. You want, um, to, more, you want to talk about Missing Link? I do want to talk about Missing Link in Kingdom Hearts 4 a little bit. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. No, can we just can we just talk about Melody of Memory? No, because no, I haven't played Melody of Memory, Gino, despite being the the local rhythm game fanatic. Um. <laughs> hey, if you're a rhythm game so, fanatic, so here's... you want to take on the final boss of Dragon Guard 3 for me? No, thank you. I don't want to touch Dragon Guard with a 10-foot pole. You shouldn't. Yeah, she made me about 20 because it's a long... Okay, I can't make that joke here. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, currently the future of Kingdom Hearts, right now, as we know it, is the officially unveiled Missing Link and the official revealed and announced Kingdom Hearts 4. So, I wanted to at least touch on them for however short or long it may take. Because back when we did our pre-358... It wasn't even a blank point, technically. I remember Kevin fought me on this. Uh, it was episode 57. So we basically did a blank point. Uh, this, like, Kingdom Hearts 4, baby! And then went to our, our second blank point. And then we, we went into uh, 358 Days. Uh, that is all we have heard from Missing Link and 4 is from that initial reveal and announcement back in April. But uh, I did dig around. If I dig around, I mean, I just refreshed myself on some of the memory and information that we do have for uh, Missing Link and for 4. The only thing of note, in my opinion, is that, one, again, there has not been any release since early April, since the anniversary event. Missing Link was at least supposed to go into beta around this time, and I don't think we've heard anything at all about it. Jump <laughs> yes uh, is coming up, so maybe we'll probably hear something there. Okay, literally someone yesterday asked me, uh, hey, are there any more, like, gimme conventions coming out for the rest of the year we'll get info from? I said, probably not. There's probably a few more smaller, obscure ones. Probably ask Gina. Yeah, Jump Fiesta usually happens in December, and I forget, there's, like, a major gaming developer I cared about that was doing that. Because um, PAX Australia mm -hmm. just happened. Um, PAX Austin happened. There was something, oh, yeah, I remember, now I remember, um, yeah, Scrow's doing Dragon Quest stuff there, so they're definitely we definitely have stuff coming still soon this year. Okay, cool. Um, so, so I wouldn't be surprised. We might get we might get a morsel because well, I feel uh, like they're, they're gonna have to show something because we're also looking for a Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which was supposed to get something this year as well, and that got pushed back. Oh yeah, and that's so both, that's true. Those, both of those need something. Okay, so hopefully again, hopefully we get like a morsel of something going forward. Um, so yeah. Uh, it will be but interesting. Are you sure you want to play Kingdom Hearts I, Go? Yes. That's what do, you, do, you, do you Go. know? Do you know all you're talking to? Not really. Uh, yeah, I, I probably will play. Me. I've been blindfolded this whole time. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm totally down to play a subpar game or watch a subpar movie. So I'm definitely am interested to see. Um, this is uh, it's, it's funny because we're having uh, this call through Discord at just. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts key is the reason I have a Discord account. 
because I joined, uh, I forget if they're a union, a union because they're called unions. Uh, I joined a union and they said, hey, there's this platform that we're going to start using because we can't really use in-game chat too much. And I was like, cool, what's it called? Discord. Okay, cool. And so for probably the first, probably good and good portion of a year that I had a Discord account back in, this is what, 2015 going into 2016? The only server... You joined Discord May 16th, 2016. I joined because of Kingdom Hearts Key, baby. Uh, uh, actually, some variations so. say Chi or Kai. You want to go down that route? We'll see about that. But, uh, but yeah. Um, I'm, I'm vaguely interested in what Missing Link will bring. As someone who knows most of the Union Cross story, but doesn't hate all of it, I'm interested to see what is coming of it. So I guess... And touch on for people, it is a continuation of the basically the Union Key, the mobile game story, if you want to refer to it as like that Union part of the Cross. saga. Uh, Union Cross, thank you. It is essentially going to, well, we'll see how development plans out, but it is supposed to kick off the uh, Lost Master arc now that we are out of the uh, Dark Seeker saga. So it's I'll a be sequel interested to see. Cross and a prequel of Dark, of Dark, Lane, of Dark um road uh, but yeah all we know is the initial video which is just walking around having these random heartless encounters we can see heartless from across the series and the franchises we see the appearance of like these trophies which uh, to me just they speak a lot to the emblems that we had um in kingdom Heart in in union cross so i imagine it's a continuation of that gameplay style so there's probably a little bit of a gotcha element to it but uh nonetheless i'm interested because uh union cross itself leading into missing link does end in an interesting place one of the prolific characters from that story basically gets thrust into the future and awakens isekai'd. in a world where the uh, yes brain gets isekai'd into a world where ephraim is basically og keyblood wilder extraordinaire but it's uh it's an all my friends are dead story so Again, I'm still actually vaguely curious on uh, on what Missing Link will will and will not bring to the franchise, but uh, Square is. Uh, you have to figure out Brain is uh, Lucio or not. One day we'll know. That day is not anytime soon, though. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, to uh, to press forward a little more in a different direction, at Cage Four is still also. Uh, and in the same gray cloud of we don't know what's going on right now. So Kingdom Hearts 4 is mostly going to be built with Unreal Engine 5. The trailer that we received back in April was built on Unreal Engine 4. Mm -hmm. It was a pre-rendered trailer. So what we saw there isn't going to be what we're going to be seeing in the actual game later. They did what they kind of Kingdom Hearts 3 where they had a pre-built, pre-rendered trailer. Of course back then that was built in Luminous Engine and then they switched development to Unreal Engine for um, mm -hmm. halfway through development, hence why Kingdom Hearts 3 looked a bit rush, even though it was in development for nine years. Because um, they switched yep. engines halfway through. Um, with Kingdom Hearts 4, though, I feel like they... Well, I don't think they fully learned their lesson, because, again, they announced it pretty early. We're not going to get Kingdom Hearts 4 till at least 2024. And I say at least, yep. being it's probably more like 2025, 2026. Because Tetsuya Nomura's well, team is awesome. Said the exact same thing when we first talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. One of the things I wanted to bring up is 
what the hell is going on with like squares like i'll i'll i'll, I'll include kh in the final fantasy section of of squares entire like uh, catalog because we have the seven remake series going on we have we have crisis core reunion to some degree i'll say that much but again that game is basically probably gone gold at this point um we have the main line so we have 16 and beyond we have kingdom hearts like there's there's a there's a lot firing off on the square backlog right now in development so curious to to see when cage 4 will actually fall but yeah to what you were saying uh i believe kevin and i had the exact same agreement when we talked about this initially upon its announcement this is here's a sneak peek this game is not coming out anytime soon it'll probably be years before we get any any feasible morsel i think perhaps maybe perhaps e3 next year at the earliest i could potentially see something but i'm not holding my breath whatsoever so i would expect something maybe late 23 yeah well probably you'll probably i'm i feel like the first time we're gonna see anything kingdom hearts 3 Kingdom four again is gonna be maybe tokyo game show mm-hmm. 2023 um or Jump Fiesta 2023, because Jump Fiesta tends to have a lot of information on Kingdom Hearts. Okay, yeah. But TGS is in, what, September? Yeah, September. Okay. Because the major... The end of summer, basically. Yeah, because the major gaming conventions are usually E3 in June, um, Gamescom in August, Tokyo Game Show in September, mm-hmm. and Jump Fiesta in August. At least for J- at least for JRPG, at least for Japanese companies, those are the big four. And I and honestly, Gamescom's kind of I say loosely. There's still I think there's still a lot of information that comes out of Gamescom, but I feel like out of the ones you mentioned, is kind of on the more hush hush side when it comes to like big news. Well, and it's because Gamescom so, is pretty much Europe's version of E3 and Tokyo Game Show. Anywho, yeah, Cage Four is still in early development, but it'll be very interesting to see. I think again what, what direction Cage Four will bring because jokingly, D2 Missing Link is the first in the Lost Master arc. What was that? D23 Expo. Thank you. Yes, I was trying to think of D23 because we actually got some stuff from we D23 got this nothing year. Nothing at D23. We got some Marvel stuff, and they just showed Kingdom Hearts in a. Trail, That's a lot from D23. And a freaking thing at a freaking um clip show at the very end of it, and everyone got mad because they think that the Kingdom Hearts was shown when it wasn't. D23 or die. Anywho. I just die. Yeah, we're. <laughs> we're we're still a ways out from getting a lot of info about these games, but uh, again, with a lot of the Final Fantasy engine spewing out games pretty frequently, uh, we'll be interested to see what becomes of KH going forward. And I did kind of have like a, do you have any wish list for KH items? But even Missing Link and Four are kind of very pie in the sky right now. Again, we know very little. But if you did, it was there. Is there anything that you truly do want to see from Kingdom Hearts going forward? Whether it be a prediction, a called shot, or something possibly like an old recurring theme that you want to see more of uh, as the series has gone on and transitioned into other thematic devices? Is there anything that's like in a Geno's back of the mind where I would like a return to or a switch to, to this? Is there any like, again, I'm going to stop spieling and let you talk, but. If there's anything of note that you would like to see going forward. Well, my biggest thing with Kingdom Hearts is 
like we've already confirmed that Kingdom Hearts 4 is going to be the next Kingdom Hearts game and with Missing Link pretty much being a bridge to that because of that there really is unless they do pull because when they announced Kingdom Hearts 3 they, the only like spin-off game we got between Kingdom Hearts 3's announcement and Kingdom Hearts 3's release is Chi um, and Union Cross mm -hmm. so I don't think we're going to get anything else besides Missing Link as for future Kingdom Hearts past that it's going to be kind of hard because I don't know what Kingdom Hearts is going to go from here. It's going to be a brand new ch chapter. It's going to be a brand new yep. arc. By the time Kingdom Hearts comes out, when by the time Kingdom Hearts 4 comes out, I'm going to be in my 30s as well. Um, So I don't know how things will go from there. And About Kingdom Hearts, are you being in your 30s? I'll be playing Pokemon in my 30s. I'll not be playing Kingdom Hearts in my 30s. We'll see. <laughs> um... Need that some sort of life, Marshall. Everyone could be like you. Mm -hmm. You could be just like me. That was mean. Um, honestly, I don't really have what kind of wish list. I do would like to see. I would like to see more of Roxas and Riku. I don't want them to just completely sideline all the characters that we have. But to be fair, like the kind of develop the um, arcs of the characters we talked about have pretty much finished as of Kingdom Hearts three. There's no reason for mm -hmm. anyone to really continue. But the other thing is, is what I'm worried about with Riku is I don't want him doing another whole arc again, because he kind of did this like three times, and people noticed that, and I don't want that happening again. So pretty much what they should be going on is a focus back to like different worlds and Sora acting in those worlds, but also maybe okay. do a focus of original stories rather than actually rehashing the other stuff, because that's what Kingdom Hearts is at its best when they do original content in these worlds. Kingdom Hearts 3 was the most apparent of that, where the best worlds were Monsters Inc., Toy Story, Big Hero 6, because they actually had original stories. Yep. Tangled sucked. Mm -hmm. Sorry, not Tangled. Um, Frozen sucked, because <laughs> Tangled's, Tangled's okay. Tangled's fine. Um, but Frozen sucked because... Tangled's alright. Frozen yes. sucked because you could tell they had like an original thing planned, based on some of the notes I saw, where it was going to have a much darker story, but Disney was like, yeah, no. So they just had re rehashed it. It just wasn't as great. Yes. Unfortunately, Arendelle is, like, uh, the hardest-hitting world because of, uh, again, what you literally, you literally just mentioned. So it feels like the game went, goes in one direction, throws you into the, like, Larxene's frozen ice palace for a bit. You pop out, and then there, it, it, it heel-turns on you. But, um, but yeah, no. Uh, I would say I feel pretty similar. Like, you, you talk about Riku's saga... Riku has essentially gone through his bad boy phase, his depressed phase, and now he's in his uh, fledgling Keyblade Master phase. So, going forward, what can Riku do? We are, I mean, I mean, spoiler alert for people who haven't finished Kingdom Hearts three, we are we're looking for Sora mode at this point. So, who is to be fair, Sora is like the face. I wouldn't say Sora is the. Sora could and could not be the leader of everything going on. Uh, looks at, you know, fumbling. fumbling Sora is still going to be the main character of Kingdom Hearts. A thousand percent. For the foreseeable but, um, future. I'm trying to think of Kyrie is kind of, I wouldn't even say leading the charge, but lending aid to the we got to find Sora aspect. So if there could be a theoretical leader of the leader of the bunch, you know him well. Uh, perhaps Riku, but. Uh, now that we have kind of a good resolution for a resolution, a lot of the original characters are in good spots. So to, to progress forward with their own stories, we now have access to Xion, 
and Lee, I always say Lee, even though Lee gives up and says, just call me Axel, I don't care. His name is Lee, goddammit! But Axel, um, Roxas, even Cyax is around now, uh, and Namine as well, so what, what can we use for these characters going forward into the franchise that isn't, again, rehashing the, rehashing the same stuff that we've seen four to five times at this point? Kingdom yeah. Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. There's a lot we could go in terms of like what the hell is going to happen with Kingdom Hearts, but um, the Master of Masters still scratches the back of my head. Lushu's whole ordeal and the, the or, you know I would say the I would say the Union leaders as a whole again it's a plot thread that is resurfaced and will now be taking the charge going forward, but I think it'll be interesting to see how that ends up weaving in itself because funnily enough you know when when um when key and then union cross and every, it's every iteration versions finally came out people of course were like do i really need to play this kingdom hearts mobile game and the, the consensus was you can it'll probably come back to bite you and bite us in the ass later in the franchise and we're, and we're all, i mean we're already there <laughs> pretty much and just like that, it's going to be a wrap on this week's Blank Points of the Kingdom Hearts by Heart Podcast. As always, our email, if you want to reach out to us, is khbhpodcast at gmail.com. And the Twidare's handle is khbhpodcast. So we will have another bonus Blank Points episode a week from this posting where Gino and I will actually go through a quiz and try to decipher JRPGs by their horrible description. It's a lot of fun, and I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. With that being said, thanks once again. And here's the point where my voice fades out, the music fades in. You can kind of, sort of hear me, but you also start to debate all. Oh.